listening to Finding Your Genius Zone with Dirk Nouvelle. It's not just a job. It's not just a paycheck. Or at least it doesn't have to be. With the help of experts across industries, Dirk helps you find your passion and career, as well as exposing the unknown parts of every vocation. Let's go deep. Let's find your genius zone right now. Here's Dirk Nivelle. Hey everybody, this is Dirk, and on with me today is a good friend of mine, uh, a guy that I've known for a long time, Nate Short. Nate, how are you? Doing great. How are you, Dirk? I'm good, man. Good. Uh, you know, Nate is a guy, when I was thinking about creating this podcast, he's one of the guys, um, friends of mine that I've really, that I really wanted to interview because I, I, from afar, I've watched him uh, in his career and he's really carved out a cool, you know, a dual career. And, and a lot of my guests have dual careers in terms of doing multiple things. So what I'll let Nate do is kind of jump in. Uh, Nate, maybe you could talk a little bit about what it is you do both on the real estate side as well as the coaching as well. Sure. Yeah. A little bit about me. Uh, I really consider myself a serial entrepreneur. You know, I started out um, working for larger companies and then decided, well, that really wasn't my cup of tea. And being a serial entrepreneur, started my own, uh, one of the first online dental marketplaces for dental products. And then when I sold that, in uh, 19, well, about year 2000, I was thinking, what am I going to get into? And I got in, that's when I got into real estate and started doing brokerage, um, started in commercial real estate. And then 9-11 happened and we had all these, you know, office buildings that st stalled out and holes in the ground. And um, it was really difficult. And then my wife said, hey, by the way, we're having our first baby in 2002. And, uh, so, you know, there's nothing like that wake up call, but okay, I got to start making money. I got to figure out my career, you know, now that I've done this one thing over here. And then, um, that led me to, uh, getting into, um, uh, to, you know, more into the residential side. And so that was, that was really interesting to go into the residential side. And then in 2008, of course, the, you know, the, the, uh, the whole great recession hit. And so it was just a series kind of these cycles. And I really decided that, Hey, you know, you want to have multiple things. My grandpa always told me have that job that's, you know, you've been waiting for in your back pocket to so be able to have multiple different skill sets. And I think in today's world, you know, when you look at all of the change that's happening, um, you really want to be, you know, resilient and you want to be able to adapt to kind of new environments. And that really is, is a real mindset, right? Yep. So, you know, I think it's really um, imperative that you, you know, for people out there that are listening to this, just to have uh, a mindset of resilience and adaptability and then being able to kind of, you know, adapt to that. So I love it. Um, you know, I got to know you. I didn't know you back in college. Uh, yeah even though we went to the same university, but you know, I, I know it's funny when we get together, we both seem to have a lot of contacts and, you know, although you're in real estate and I'm in financing, uh, you know, a coach of mine always says those who have the most friends wins in terms yeah. of just having connections. So when you got into real estate, um, you know, what was your thought? Were you thinking, Hey, I know a lot of people, I grew up in this area. Uh, I can leverage those relationships. Did you have a, um, a fascination with real estate? What was it that kind of led you in that direction? Um, you know, I just, I, I knew I wanted to be, have flexibility in my job. Um, I knew I wanted to have unlimited income. 
I knew that I wanted to utilize a lot of my skill sets and I had just kind of a curiosity around running business. I think that's what's drawn me to be a serial entrepreneur is just the, you know, the amount of skill sets that you need to develop to be really, you know, good at that, uh, whether it's now having, you know, being able to, to be analytical and create a really good plan for your business or hiring the right people or, you know, building great systems, being outgoing, being able to create relationships with people. I mean, they all of those types of skill sets are super important. And yet we're all, you know, we have certain skill sets that we're, we're really strong and others where we're weak. And so how do we build in, you know, build that in to our, so I think that's what drew yeah. me to real estate in general and just being an entrepreneur in general. So, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. funny. I just thought of, uh, you know, you were a quarterback. I think you won the state championship right back in the day at Juanita. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I was thinking about, okay, a quarterback with a lot of skill sets, but you do have a wide range of skill. I I've been able to witness that over the years. Um, and you know, you touched on a couple of things that usually I get into later on the podcast, but I, I I'll just bring them up now. You know, it seems like you were fairly aware uh, at an early age what kind of things you wanted within your job, which is really the battle I deal with um, or I'm trying to fix is I'm trying to get younger people or people in midst of transition to kind of become aware of what they're naturally gifted to do and what kind of environments they like. You talked about compensation. You talked about freedom. I guess my question is, you know, do you have any advice for someone that's younger that's like, you know, I don't know what it is I want to do. You know, I just got out of college and I know I want to go make some money and get my own place. Um, But, you know, as far as kind of looking inward at what makes them unique, do you have any advice to somebody that's maybe struggling with that? Oh, absolutely. I, I think the biggest thing is taking, you know, I don't want to, this term's really overused, but having a growth mindset or a curiosity mindset to the whole topic of what do I want to do with my life? You know, for a lot of us that changes multiple times, we go through different seasons, different phases of our life. Um, we go through, you know, ups and downs with the economy. And, and so taking a growth mindset to your career or into your life, just in general is really something that you know, a lot of people talk about, but they don't fully understand really what that means. And so, um, you, you're going to have, you're going to, in, in coaching, we talk about clarity and in the concept of seeking clarity, which is one of the main pillars of high performers and high performers have a, a, a great mindset around, uh, you know, taking action. So for example, yeah, you know, ask for advice. Well, the advice is, you have to take action. You got to try something. You think you want to be in psychology or you think you want to be a real estate agent. You think you want to be a mortgage, you know, taking action, finding out as much as you can about it, maybe taking a job, start doing it and then evaluating, is this something that I really like and enjoy? And, um, and if, if not, you know, how do you make adjustments or how do you learn from those experiences and then take that into the next thing? And you may have, you know, multiple things that you're interested in. Uh, and during the, depending on the time and phase of your, your life, you know, you, you know, having that growth mindset or that curiosity mindset to bring to, you know, your career ambitions, uh, is really important. That's, that's the biggest thing. Cause there's no perfect job out there. 
you know, there's always going to be aspects that you don't like. Maybe it's the paperwork or maybe it's the detail or maybe it's that you're not that outgoing of a person and you're more, you know, intro, you know, you're, you're more of an introvert. Um, and so, you know, that, that's the other part of it is, and I think one of the things that somebody can do to try to get more dialed in is really understanding more about who you are as a person. So there's a number of different tools, right? Um, you've heard of the disc analysis, you've heard of Myers-Briggs, you've heard of uh, maybe Clifton Strengths, which is by Gallup. Um, there's something called the Enneagram. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Enne but Enneagram. 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 There you go. Yeah. I, um, I, lo I love that tool. Yeah. So there's a number of tools that you can do that are pretty, you know, and it's not like you change, you know, once you're, you know, your disc profile is pretty much who you are. Um, same with Clifton Strengths, you know, understanding your strengths and where you're not as strong or where you're, ha you have really low, you know, proficiency. Right. Um, but that helps you know more about who you are and then also can help you fit into, you know, like certain types of careers. So you can do a lot of homework up front. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, there may, it may not be perfect for you. I love, yeah, I love what you said. There's no perfect job. Um, and I'm not at all trying to like paint it like, Hey, there's a job where, you know, every day of the week, you got a smile on your face. But what I do like that you said, and I love how you talked about the Enneagram and the disc, the Enneagram is something that I've gotten really deep on. In fact, I went to a, um, a seminar where I, I went to university of Santa Monica which is a spiritual psychology school uh, in California. And I went to a, a seminar, a week-long seminar on the Enneagram. And what I, I love that you brought that up because that's an example of, you know, trying to identify kind of what's natural and innate in yourself in terms of like what you were born into this world to be and enjoy. And, you know, within that test that you referenced, there's nine personality types. And I will tell you out of all the ones that I've done, I'm kind of addicted to these tests. I'm always trying yeah. to figure myself out. Um, that is the best one in my opinion, but I love that you um, have done that. Um, you know, you also said something uh, that I want to touch on before I forget is, you know, not every job has, you know, great components. There's things about a job you don't like. So you're a realtor. One of the things you are is a realtor. And the other night I was, my wife and daughter were watching, I think it was like OC realtor. Like it's almost like a soap opera and all the drama, but what is it about a real, you know, people think they know what a realtor is like, but I want to kind of touch on the behind the scenes of being a realtor, the things that maybe a, a 23, 24 year old person doesn't know about the job yet, you know, the good and the bad. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I would say that, uh, you know, with, with being a realtor, it's not what you see on TV for sure. You know, you can watch those million dollar listing and all of that. Um, you know, those are very unique people, situations, they have unique relationships. Um, it's so, so you can't, you know, you can't really look at that and say, Oh, well, I want to do that. And how easy is it is to sell, you know, a $3 million home and make, a hundred thousand or ninety thousand dollars, you know, and isn't that you know that it just doesn't look that hard? I think I could learn how to negotiate and do all of those different things. And so, um, you know, in real estate, uh, it, it you know while it has unlimited potential, it also has a lot of demanding uh, challenges. You know, just how to run a business, for example. You know, understanding having yeah, business planning, um, understanding the people component. How do you build a team around you so you don't have to work? you know, 90, 80 hours a week. Uh, how do you 
put the right systems or processes in place? How do you, uh, uh, you know, connect that with your purpose? I mean, one of the things in in all the career searching is that we didn't really talk about is, you know, people say, well, I want a job that makes me happy. Well, the research tells us that what really people really want is they want a job that makes that, that is meaningful to them. And there's there's a difference, there's a distinction between meaningful and happiness because you know I can be happy playing golf, but I you know I I don't necessarily find it meaningful. Like it's fun to go out and play it once in a while, but you know it's not something that I would want to necessarily do unless I could associate it with you know some kind of impact that I could make. You know if I could make millions of dollars on the tour and become a you know somebody that is. Um, influential within the community and being able to give back. Now I'm starting to make connection to, to meaning there. And so, yeah, I get it real quick. I want to jump in real quick because what you're talking about, I want to ask you, did you have that clarity right away or did it take 10, 12 years being a realtor to understand that it wasn't about the money, but it was more about the meeting? Like how quickly did that awareness hit you? Um, well, I would say it took it took me a while, you know, when I, I, there was times when I was working so much and I was having good success on the financial side, but I felt like I was on a treadmill that I couldn't get off of. And I was like, you know, there's no amount of money really that's like the, when the deals started feeling numb to me, like as far as the income, you know, get a $30,000 check and it didn't, you know, I, it didn't light me up. It didn't excite me, uh, which sounds kind of weird, but, but it does happen. And so I, even with people who have a lot of money and, you know, that's the trick is trying to find what's meaningful to them and what can they really connect and, um, you know, get, get, get passionate about. So, yeah, I think it took, it took me a while, certainly. Cause I think when you're in your twenties and thirties, it's about, okay, I want to, I just need enough to buy a house and buy a car and, you know, start a family. And so, and then at some point you start thinking, is this really how I want to be spent on, on the other side of that is one of the things I notice about coaching super high performers, particularly people who are like a high D in, in the disc profile, for example, or they're real, they, they classify themselves as say like an A type personality. Some of the highest performers just really enjoy setting really high goals and achieving them. And they are all about the money. And that's fine. You know, there, there are certain amounts of people that sort of people that were the meaningful, it's not, I don't need anything, you know, to, you know, the meaning is not as important to me as yep. making a bunch of money. So I can, but ultimately, you know, what I've, what I have seen is, um, at some point they, they get to a point where it's like, okay, now what kind of impact can I make? You know, can I leave, can I have a, leave a legacy for my family, you know, that becomes more important. So. Oh, I love that. And I want to get to the impact thing here in a second. Uh, but before we depart from the world of real estate as a realtor, you're still doing it. I know you're still very good at it. I know, um, you know, I've used you personally. Um, is there anything you would say to somebody that's thinking about being a realtor that might be advice that might have them think twice about getting into the industry? Um, not to dissuade or push them away, but like anything you have learned, like, oh man, I didn't know, you know, I didn't see this coming or I never realized this about this industry. Um, Anything you could kind of throw out there that might help guide somebody at an early age? Well, I think the biggest thing that stands out to me about that is early on when I first got into real estate, you know, I remember I sold that um, 
one of that that matter that the internet supply company yep. for dental products and yep and I got into real estate and I really didn't understand or appreciate how important the relationship component was to it. And I want you to just think about like most people know between seven and ten real estate agents. So, and they're getting postcards and they're getting phone calls and they're going through open houses and they're meeting people. And so what is it that a person, uh, you know, when they're going through that checklist of who am I going to actually use that checklist of how, how does that rank out? Is it the person that's the best negotiator who sends me the, you know, looks, has the most professional marketing or, um, you know, I see him on Instagram all the time talking about, you know, uh, testimonials or talk, talking about homes they've sold or experiences they've had. <clears throat> and I think to that, that whole thing with Simon Sinek is people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it and this relationship component. And so there's a lot of examples and people that I coach, you know, who are new to the industry and yet they're able to be super successful because people trust them and they have a really broad network. And so, but when people think about getting the real estate license, they don't think about that that's a really critical piece to to getting up and going and being successful in the real estate industry. In fact, I think it's true in most industries. Um, and so, the, you know, it doesn't mean you can't be successful if you don't have a lot of connections within a community, but the lo the road is a lot harder and a lot longer. And so, you know, you can have you know, two years in the business and be making a million dollars a year if you have the right connections and the, the right relationships and people trust you. Yeah, I agree. You know, I'm just thinking about some of the our mutual friends, people I know in insurance, commercial real estate, uh, whatever. And it's the connected people. And, you know, again, I think everybody buys for different reasons. Like I, I want somebody to be honest. Um, I want someone to work hard. I want someone, if they don't know, I want them to say, I don't know. And so I don't need them to be flashy and the best speaker and the, you know, um, but it's, I think it's interesting is when you're thinking about a career in real estate or say mortgages, you know, it is about relationships. And, um, I think it's important to understand, like if you're moving to a new city or a new town and you don't know anybody, I think it's a much more difficult um, career to be successful in. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm a big fan of just like taking note of who your contacts are and who your network is. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, how I got into mortgages. I was in psychology, going to school, thinking I was going to work with kids. And I needed a job just like you. I was married, want to start a family. So I said, you know, I don't want to travel. I don't want to, you know, um, be gone a lot. I need to do something that I can leverage my large database. So mm -hmm. I kind of fell into lending, uh, but I don't think people think like that, you know, and I think it's really important to consider it. Um, yeah. as, um, switching gears that so we're going back to the whole meaning thing. I like, I like that a lot. So, you know, what people don't know about you is you're a realtor and then you started creating a coaching uh, company around helping realtors run their business like a business. Because I think what you pointed, pointed out very clearly was uh, a lot of realtors are probably very good at selling homes, but there's a lot of stuff that goes with being a realtor in terms of managing your time, your P&L, I mean, just a lot of things. So 
you kind of found a need and then all of a sudden you had this coaching uh, company. Talk a little mm-hmm. bit about kind of the aha moment of when that actually came about. And is it safe to assume that's kind of like the meaning that you discuss? Is that where that kicked in? A lot, a lot of that. But again, you know, I go back to what you asked me in the beginning was, you know, the kind of this mindset around resilience and the learn, the curiosity mindset, learner mindset, growth mindset that I, I knew that I really liked to coach people, but, uh, and initially I got into management and I got into teaching. And so it was a, it was a process of kind of self-discovery but also learning of what I did like and what I did like to do. And that whole seeking clarity pillar um, is, is, is the whole thing. It's like people talk about the journey and not the, and, and it's not about, it's, a, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. And that, that's what they mean by that. And so for me, um, you know, I, I started out, okay, I, I coming out of the great recession and everything that I had learned and the big gap that I felt people had was, how do they run their businesses better? You know, do they have home budgets and do they have, uh, you know, do they understand how much money they're spending and do, uh, you know, are they, do they have the right systems set up and are they doing the, you know, do they have the discipline to make the phone calls and to put the marketing plan together and all of that stuff. And yet I would go out and teach these classes and a lot of people would say, yeah, Nate, this is amazing information. But and then, you know, when I would check back with them, they wouldn't actually be implementing. And that really got me fascinated about why is that? It's like, why do people know what to do, but they don't do it or they don't follow through with it? And that's when I got into kind of like the, the life coaching component and the connection between what we would say is personal development versus professional development and really kind of understanding, you know, some of those things that are holding you back. Some of the things like you discover through, you know, the Enneagram or the those types of things. And so that, and Stephen Covey talks about it in his book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And he talks about how um, you have to have these personal victories before you can have the public or the professional victories. And like, what does he mean by that? What he means by that is, you know, things like taking a, a, a growth mindset to your career, you know, how you're going to go about deciding on what careers or career you're going to go go after. That is something that really, for most of us, unless you're super lucky and you know you want to be a doctor from the age of you know five years old, like my father-in-law, uh, is a process, and it's it may take you years to to get there. Um, and you know you you know so, so for some people they never get there. They work jobs they hate the, their whole life, and then they retire, you know, and and they never felt really that fulfilled, and they. Like, well, why, why was that? You know? Yeah. So I think it's that, it's that it's just understanding that, Hey, you were, you're put here for a reason and you know, you, you've been given some gifts. How do you become the best version of yourself? I love and, it. I love yeah, it. And that's really, that's really how that unfolded for me. It's still unfolding for me and I'm, you know, 55 years old. I'm, I feel good about what I've learned to coaching. I've had good success in coaching. But I know that, you know, it wasn't where I'm at today is not where I was a year ago or three years ago or five years ago. But if I never would have taken the, the steps forward, I never would have got to where I am now. And I know probably in another two or three years, five years, things are going to be much different than 
maybe I even I envisioned right now. So yeah, yeah. So I love. So I said earlier I wanted to kind of highlight the fact that you have kind of dual. I don't want to say dual jobs, dual careers, but they kind of go hand in hand. So on one hand you're a realtor, and one hand you're uh, owner of a coaching company, and you're mm-hmm. coaching realtors, and you've built the platform. Um, that's on demand. I think you do live coaching as well. Um, one-on-one, one-to-many. Um, what, what is, tell us a little bit about that. Like in terms of people who think they want to be life coaches or business coaches or whatever, what is the life behind being a coach? Like, I know there's different flavors of being a coach. Um, your, your style, you know, in terms of a lot of the functionality and the scalability that you've built in your platform is very impressive, but nonetheless, you've had to come up with content. You've had to, uh, distribute and articulate it to people. You've had to market yourself, but help, help, help our audience understand what starting a coaching practice is all about. And like, maybe apart from the obvious things that they have no idea, uh, that it might entail. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a really good question. I think for me, um, starting a coaching business, you know, really looking at, okay, well, why do you want to be a coach? What's your, what's your long-term plan for yourself? Like, and people think about it in terms of like the type of job or they think about it in terms of, you know, like accumulation of things instead of thinking about, okay, I really want to create a roadmap for myself. And these are the things that I want. This is the kind of lifestyle that I want to have. And, um, and, and, you know, these are the kind of, you know, my schedule, this is what my schedule is going to look like. And, um, the more clear you can be on those things, the better. And I think about for myself, this is really important realization for me is when I took the focus off of the end result and placed it more on the progress that I was making as far as putting one foot in front of the other and learning and like enjoying the journey um it changed things a lot for me so i wasn't so dependent upon like how many viewers i was getting or even my my income results i disengaged the two i I wasn't my self-worth wasn't dependent upon you know like how people would say success would be measured in terms of like income or number of followers or you know that kind of thing it became more of an internal measurement let me, let me jump in because this is, I think, really interesting and I'm not at all challenging you, but tell me if there's any validity to this. You know, on one hand, like compensation to me is a big deal, like in terms of how you get paid. Like I'm a sales guy. Uh, there's 25, 30 flavors of selling, right? In terms of, you know, getting paid every month, getting paid annually, like a financial advisor or a commercial insurance person. But, you know, as a realtor, especially in, in the market that we live in, there's home run opportunities. You know, you sell a $5 million home. It's a nice commission check. Mm-hmm. My question to you is you had, it's like you have chocolate and vanilla. You have your realtor income compensation that is sometimes a big payday. And then you started kind of going down with your passion project. That's more, um, internal, like it's, it's more, I forgot the word you use, but the meaning behind it, was it, I'm thinking about somebody going down that road that doesn't have the comfort and security of a big commission check. 
And I, I, I think it's really smart what you did. I guess my question is, if you didn't have the realtor income, would mm-hmm. you have been so calm and um, patient going down the coaching route, not making the money you do as a realtor? Mm-hmm. Well, I think this is a really big deal and question for people. And I think what it came down for me is realizing that I was actually operating from a um, position of fear, if that makes sense, of what if I don't make the money? And then what does that mean for me? What does that mean for my family? And and that can be very real. But when you, you know, through personal development and through working on kind of your mindset piece, you start to realize that. And when you disengage and you can like recognize that fear over here and make it something so that it's not something that you focus on, which continues to take you in a the wrong direction as more as like embracing the fear and using it to fuel you to, you know, to get you to go in a place of, you know, the direction that you want to go. Right. It's, but I don't, it, you know, when you think about, I just want to think about this too. You know, when you think of say Elon Musk, like yeah. what, what do you think of when you think of Elon Musk? I mean, are you asking me? Yeah. 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 Just like as a person, you know, it's cause he's involved in a lot of different things. So how do you, how do you view him? I, I think he's brilliant and he's, I, I mean, I think he's super brave. Uh, I think his brain must be on fire. I don't know if I'd want to be inside his head. Um, but I, I'm amazed that he can get as much done as he does. Um, it's, it blows my mind. And so that it's interesting, isn't it? Because you look at him and he's not just the founder of Tesla. He's not just the founder of SpaceX. He's not just the guy that shows up on, you know, Saturday night live. I mean, he's, he's a person, whether you like him or you don't like him, you don't necessarily pigeonhole him into, well, he must be a specialist in cars or a specialist in, you know, rockets. Um, he's an entrepreneur. He, he's about, he's about that kind of mindset of the future and about impact and about, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, like with the whole Twitter thing, like, however you would do that. It's just, I think that that's for me was a big thing to get over was, oh, well, I, I, people see me as a real estate agent and now I want to be a coach and recognizing that, oh, you know, those things don't really, do they go together? Do they not? How are being fearful about how people are going to view me? And I started to realize that they're really one. It's really about my own personal development and the the viewpoint of myself that I'm bringing to that. And I started to realize that the two are complementary. you know, people are ultimately buying, you know, why you do things, not what you do, the kind of person you are versus, you know, how good you are at your job or how smart you are. That's just, that's a really big thing. I love it, Nate. I think it's a perfect marriage. It's not like you're selling real estate and Slurpees and paperclips. Like you're selling your experience and knowledge, your wisdom to realtors that want to be better at what they do. And you have years and years of experience doing that. And I think if going back a little bit, why I brought it up is I think for young people, you know, I, there's nothing wrong with thinking about like, I'm in the mortgage financing world. So I help people borrow money for any kind of real estate need they have. But one of the things I really love about my job is the freedom that I have and the flexibility. 
And it allows me to do things like this, you know, allows me to write a book. Uh, it allows me to coach my kids in sports and, uh, I have a farm and I think it's really important to think like that, you know, going back to kind of the why behind this podcast is to, is to carve out. And I think you've done that as well as anyone I have known. Like I see what you're doing on both sides of the fence. And I think it's great for people to hear you, see you, uh, learn from you and understand that you don't have to be a one trick pony, right? And you're a realtor, but it's also created um, a new venture for you that really they go hand in hand. And I, I just love that story. So I want to make sure that people watching understand that, you know, if you were a pilot or if you were a doctor or a lawyer, you may not have time to be a coach, right? Uh, but you chose a career that allows you to, to have the freedom to do it, but also it gave you the experience to be credible as a coach. Uh, and you found right. passion as a coach. I think knowing you, just to be blunt, I think you really get into the coaching part. It, you're, you're excited, right. you build your website, you create your content. Like you're in your zone of genius, which is finding your zone of genius. That's what this is all about. You've done that. And I, I admire that. And I think it's something you should be proud of. Well, I appreciate it, Dirk. I mean, it's, it's something that I think, you know, when people... Uh, can find that that zone of genius where they find meaning in what they do. Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing. And I, you know, I think it's, you know, er, the world is a, is your oyster, and you can do anything you want to do. And you know, it's a choice to make those decisions and face those you know challenges that you have with the growth mindset, curiosity mindset. So yeah. So, good. so I, I try to great. make these uh, natural and free flowing, but I also want to be consistent with my guest on touching on some of the same stuff. One of it is I would be curious how you would define success. Authentic success is a term that I love. And then I would also kind of maybe like to wrap it up with, you know, again, any advice, um, not to be repetitive, but uh, any advice you would give to somebody that's struggling and that like, I don't know, I have no idea what I want to do. And that can be really frustrating. Uh, and then I guess one third one, a third one is if you could go back in time, you know, a young Nate coming out of Lambda Chi, University of Washington, what uh -huh. would you do? Would you do anything different? Well, I mean, the answer to the first question is how do I define success? For me, I used to define success in terms of things and accumulation and how much money I made and how many homes I sold. And, you know, now I, I define success in terms of how alive do I feel? How, how much am I living in truth and authenticity with myself? Uh, how, how am I utilizing the gifts that I have? And how, what are my relationships like with people? And am I making it a meaningful, am I, am I pursuing meaningful things to me and having a more, you know, just a, a, a growth, you know, feeling like I'm growing. And so that's to me how I define success. And the reason I think it's important is I want my viewers to think about what genuine authentic success is for them. You know, for a long time, I lived my dad's definition, which was about looking good and money and, and moving up the corporate ladder. And I realized years ago, that's not my definition. So I think it's really good to kind of think about that. 
What was the second one? Um, Meaningful relationships. Okay, but advice. Uh, you yeah. did give some good advice. Anything that you still feel like you want to say to somebody young and struggling that's like having a hard time right now? I would just, first of all, if you if you want to boil it all down, I would highly recommend reading the book High Performance Habits, which is a book by Brendan Burchard that is the foundation of his coaching program, which I am a coach for him. And it really is this concept of seeking clarity for, and understanding, hey, I may not know exactly what I want to do, but I'm going to take some action. I'm going to do some research. I'm going to put one foot in front of the other. I'm going to talk to a lot of people. I'm going to get information. And I'm not going to worry about what happens three or four or five years down the road. I'm going to think, okay, well, I'm going to take that information and start to seek clarity to get more clear on what makes you know, what makes you, what makes you tick and what makes you happy and, and what makes what you find meaningful. Um, I'd take care of your energy, just really understanding your body, your nutrition, your sleep, um, how doing, doing the things that you know you should be doing for yourself and not trying to undermine yourself through, you know, drugs or alcohol or, uh, you know, mental abuse. That's another, we, we tend to beat ourselves up. Um, so seek, you know, seek help in those areas for energy to gain the best levels of energy. Try to um, connect with this necessity pillar of what's meaningful to you. You know, work on self-discipline. Um, this is something that I think people do not do very well these days. We're such an instant gratification society, but it's in the self-discipline that actually gives us the freedom to live our best life. So that's a major thing that holds us back. And then this, the, the last pillar is, um, well, the, this, the fifth pillar is really how do we be better with the people around us? You know, how do we ask better questions? How do we acknowledge people? How do we, you know, embrace people uh, around us? That's super important. And then also the last piece is how do we challenge ourselves? How do we step outside of our comfort zone so that we grow and those are the main pillars of call it life coaching, personal development, that as you understand those and work on those, it can give you the foundation to, you know, get past wherever you're at. So if you're in a difficult spot, you know, work on yourself first. Yeah. And that'll really help. Yeah. I love so. it. You know, and I think again, that the trick for me uh, in this podcast is like all those things you said, my guess is you weren't thinking like that at 24. 23 you just wasn't in your dna and the, nope. you know a lot of times you have to get out there and take action like you said to actually know what you want to do and i you can't change that but i do think that there are some things you can do as a teenager in high school or a young adult in your 20s to really kind of pay attention to the obvious you know like you have a saturday to do nothing and what do you do you know, for seven hours, it feels like 30 minutes, you know, I mean, whether it's out gardening or farming or whatever. I, and sometimes the answer is obvious. The last question was, I won't say your age because you and I are about the same. I think, um, if knowing what you know now, if you were to go back, would you do anything different? <clears throat> um, I think that's a hard question because it's always, you know, hindsight, but yeah. For me, and I just really now I just look at it. This is part of the journey. I really feel like there's certain things I need to learn, 
and to work through. Uh, and, and this has been part of my journey. So uh, the only thing I would say is, and I've always been into the personal development side, right. but if you find yourself uh, directionless, if you find yourself kind of down or your mind spiraling in a negative um, direction, you know, really trying to work on yourself, really, really do that. And, you know, read self-help books and there's tons of, of great information out there on the internet now and seek, uh, if, you know, information from lots of different people. And that will, once you have that command of certain areas, like, oh, well, I find myself, you know, I'm negative thinking and I'm in a downward spiral. I'm, you know, depressed or I'm just feeling, you know, not great. Um, what is it? How, what can I do to take me out of that? And there's, there's things that you can do. And, and, and so how do you do that when you can self-correct or bring people into your life that can help you yep. realize those things? That's, that's the one thing that I would have done that I didn't do earlier on is seek, seek help from other people, engage yep. with other people, go deeper in the, and, and honestly, we didn't have a lot of the science that we have today when I was in my twenties. We just, it just wasn't there. We've had more science about, you know, your, you know, mental health in the last 20 years than we did in the entire existence of humankind before like 1980. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that, so anyway, the people who are young now, they have that great gift. The challenge they have is all of the other noise that's going on out in the world. And so now we're in the, we're in the age of, we have to be intentional and not reactionary. Yeah. I love it. Okay, so let's have fun. Uh, you can't yeah. do anything like coaching. You can't be a realtor. What's your dream job? Like just the 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 job that when you were you go to bed at night and like if I could do this, I would do this. I mean, is there something? I had, I had a uh, guest on the other day, and they were talking about their son who's infatuated with roller coasters. But he's like, "How the hell do I get a job in the roller coaster business?" You know, we started mm -hmm. going down that road, but is there something just kind of get to know Nate a little bit? Is there something that we don't know about you? Like uh, something that you dream about that you'd love to do? Um, I would say I'm like, I mean, I'm doing it honestly, like the coaching cool. to me, I would say that I wouldn't necessarily be one specific type of work, but it would be helping people be better. Okay. I love it. I would write yeah. music for movies. That's what I would do. That's what <laughs> I'm talking cool. about. Yeah. Oh, I got you. Well, I guess, yeah, so you, to, you, you're right. Yeah. So now that you say that, I mean, if I had to choose one other thing, I'd probably be like a rock musician, some big rock band. Would you play drums or would you do like the uh, more cowbell? I'd probably do like bass. Bass? All right. I yeah. love it. Bass, bass for Coldplay or U2 would have been pretty cool. Well, I would love to hear that music. Uh, <laughs> Nate, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. I think you gave some awesome advice and uh, I appreciate your time. Thanks, Derek.